Hey everybody and hello humans, it is time for Not Robot's DC Comic Review Show. This dedicated dream team of collected comic reviewers have returned once again to talk all about this week's latest in DC Comics. We've got a little change for you listeners though, this main DC podcast will focus exclusively on future state and related comics for the duration of the event. For those of you who are unaware, Future State is a standalone story arc taking place from January through February, uh, taking place at various times in DC's future. It's mostly separated into the Batman universe, the Superman slash Wonder Woman universe, and then the everyone else universe. Though the timelines aren't necessarily stuck to that, so you're going to have to read along, or at least listen along, to see how this all plays out. I think it should be interesting but let's see how it stacks up against the DC Universe we all know and mostly love. What do you guys think about Future State going into this? Uh, interesting. I wish it was a bit longer than what it really is, truth be said. Um, yeah, the idea that's, got, that's something that's got me worried because it doesn't give them a whole lot of time to write a bunch of story. So what were you guys saying? It was a Batman four-part and everything else is a two-parts? For the most part, yeah, that's a lot of parts, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Batman is going to be broken down into... But Batman will have four issues with various backstories, uh, but not even Superman is going to get that many issues. Hmm, I guess wow. DC knows who their prize pony is, and mm -hmm. uh, they, of course, are going to run with that. That's a common complaint that people have for DC, but I hope it works out. It, it, um, seems, it, it seems interesting that they're just kind of giving us a taste of something now. The, these events are going to transpire in, you know, actual years time from now as well, like in our actual calendar time. Is that correct? It's it's uh, it's a supposed to be. Future, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's advertised as a possible future, but it depends on who it is that you ask at DC. Some people say that it's just a possible future, and this is just us showing you something that could happen Un five years down the road. Unless. Other people other people are saying that they're showing you where they planned ahead mm -hmm. in the next five years, and then they're probably going to adjust on the fly if necessary. And try to get there again. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know. It seems it seems like an interesting kind of marketing ploy to like test the waters. They're, they're kind of focus grouping. <laughs> the <laughs> Really? Yeah, that's what mm -hmm. it seems like. I kind of wish this was... And in like instead of the future, if this was in like a different timeline, kind of like a like a regular version, and then like an ultimates or like the future state for universe. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of where I thought we were going, but it's or like it, an Elseworld universe, something mm -hmm. that's already established. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's interesting. I'm I'm interested to see where this is all going to lead. As am I. As far as the rest of the issues and titles that we normally cover, you're going to be able to catch all of those. And other comic publishers like Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Boom, IDW, and so many more with the Not A Robot comic Quick Bites. Just like the Not A Robot movie reviews, these episodes will initially be available to our humans on Patreon before they are available anywhere else. That said, my name is Josh, and as always, my co-host Anthony. What up, everybody? And Reed. Future Bunga, my dudes. <laughs> are with me to divulge, dissect, and discuss nearly every issue that DC puts out. If you have any requests, just let us know. 
In this episode, we are reviewing Death Metal number 7, wrapping that arc up, and beginning Future State with Generations Shattered number 1. From there, we'll hit Future State Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn, Swamp Thing, The Flash, Superman of Metropolis, which has three stories inside, and The Next Batman, which also has three stories. We are on Twitter at Not A Robot Show. Anthony is at WaltGator93, and Reed is also on Twitter at PGH underscore Reed. We all answer show mail sent to notarobotpodcast at gmail.com. We love, we love to engage our listeners, so hit us up, and we don't bite unless we're asked to, so don't be afraid. <laughs> a little playful nibble. Now is the time to say a big, huge thank you to the people who help us support the podcast. They subscribe to our Patreon, some for as low as a dollar a month, so that we can make sure we keep bringing you guys great content. This is the Not Robot anti beatbop must be a human shout out and roll call. And this shout out goes to our humans Weird Science Jim, Blue Mondays, Hollister, Torpedo Face, and Roch Crockett. A big salute to all of you, and an even bigger thank you. So what are you waiting for? Sign up now and show us you just might be a human after all and get a shout out on the Not A Robot Anti-Beep-Bop Must Be A Human Roll Call. Speaking of which, today is the day we announced the winner of our $25 gift card giveaway. Randomly selected from our current Patreon subscribers, we chose one lucky human to receive a $25 gift card of their choice. That lucky human is none other than Roch Crockett. You have won the $25 giveaway, buddy. So, fellow human, just reach out to us in the Slack channel or drop us a line on Twitter or email and we'll get that right out to you as quick as we can. Before we dive into Future State, we have a couple of things that we need to take care of first. Wrapping up the huge DC event that just got done. We now have the final issue of Death Metal setting up everything that we review after. That is going to be Death Metal's 7. Written by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo with art by Capullo, Yannick Paquette, Brian Hitch, Jonathan Glapion, Alex Sinclair, Nathan Fairbairn, and FCO Plancencia with letters by Tom Napolitano and the cover by Greg Capullo. We're going to have Reed walk us through that one. The final battle is at hand. Darkest Knight and all the most twisted versions his multiverse could conjure against a golden Wonder Woman and the remnants of the 52. Heroes and villains from across the multiverses and timelines come together for a last desperate stand to hopefully give Diana the chance she needs to end this once and for all. After emerging from the Forge, Wonder Woman is now powered by anti-crisis energy that is being created by hope, solidarity of those fighting below. She hopes to tap into the, sha- the shared remembered past to power up and defeat the Darkest Knight and his crisis energy. It's not going quite as planned, though, as the forces of darkness seem to have the upper hand. But at the very end, when all seems lost... Uh, the fact that our heroes keep fighting on, even there, though there is no hope, gives Diana the strength she needs to stop the final part of the Darkest Night's plan. Wonder Woman to f- fights on to save the hands of creation, knowing she and everyone else will be erased if she does. She does it because it's the right thing to do, and in the end, that's what saves everyone. Uh, after a quick chat with some cosmic divinities, Diana and the gang all receive a hard-earned reward. Infinite reboots, without limits, everywhere. Everything is real. Everything is in canon. Everything, I think. I guess. Not sure. That's what they're telling us, that no matter what happened, no matter how many times somebody has died and come back, no no matter how many heel turns there's been, 
no matter anything, <laughs> it's all happened. It's all happened. It that's all exists. Crazy, everyone dude. remembers it? I don't know. And everyone is aware of everything that's ever been weird. And uh, most of the... Oh, wait. We'll save that for later. Sure. Uh, overall, this is a satisfying conclusion and an uh, interesting take on a big reboot. Uh, adding the metatextual nature of the kind of reboot, um, you know, um, retconning process into an actual comic is a fun take, but at points the exposition gets a little bit clunky. The visuals are what you'd expect from a big budget wrap-up like this, and the gory scenes are a bunch of gloopy fun. Uh, Batman getting his hand chopped off was a plus for me. <laughs> that was cool. Uh, I feel like this is a solid end to the series, even if that series doesn't actually technically end at all, because it all still exists and it's all still happening currently. Um, <laughs> overall, this is solid, and I'm giving it 8 out of 10. Anthony, where were you at with Death Metal? Uh, I mean, like, lately, these past couple of issues, so, um, some of the tie-ins I've been enjoying, some of them not so much. The f couple ones, besides the, um, Jeff Johns and the Zat and the, um, Scott Snyder one, the other tie-ins not been enjoying that much, which all for me led me to not really look forward to this issue, and I gotta say, just going through this, it felt like a drag to read. Um, it did have some great, the artwork <laughs> was very good, but yeah, I, I'm going to give this a 6.5, huh? and that's just being generous. I mean, like, it just felt like a drag. <laughs> a lofty, a lofty 6.5. A lofty 6.5. I mean, maybe on like, because to me, it had a slow, it got a good amount of page, like 9 or 10 with the action finally kicked in, but just getting there and all that dialogue all that narration like man like there's so much dialogue like, what, what was a tie-in book yeah i mean there was a lot of dialogue um there there was but i've been i've been a fan of this series there's been some clunky moments and i'm not a fan of the majority of the tie-ins but uh i really like this i thought the art the art you can't argue with capullo isn't just one of the greatest he's at the top of his game here uh, absolutely amazing. The pair-offs, the pair-offs for who each of the heroes fought against, that was yep. that was pretty cool. Uh, Damien finally made his appearance, and at the very end, Wonder Woman walks off into the great unknown with an old version of herself representing the hands that shape all because she is who they see as the embodiment of the perfect hero. I thought that was pretty cool, man. And then you wrap that up and you get the mind-blowing thing that all of the rest of the timelines happened. Every event has yep. all, have occurred. All the timelines exist. It's near as I can tell, dude. I mean, this is as great as this could have ended. Um, I, give this an, yeah, I give this an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I didn't get into too much of my review because it was kind of – it was less a part of death metal and more like a prelude, like a, a, a tag – for future state yeah exactly um, some interesting stuff there too well that's what the la the metal um then did too where it ended with just a um tag of the new age of outlaws the same way where they're having a party while the heroes met in the side to discuss f future stuff we saw like panels of the upcoming heroes with a map too sort of like how this one has guys, what did you guys think about uh the the a Justice League band with Batman and Superman playing guitar. Honestly, man, that was some of the most <laughs> ludicrous shit I could have. 
But you know what? I mean, we I you kind of had to have known that was coming. The whole thing is based around metal. All their captions no, it, in their in their names on the credit pages. I mean, I have a theory. Did they do oh, that in metal too as well? It's I don't think yeah. so. The first one, or was that the well, Sons? Do that. Grayson Grayson was had a guitar, but um, yeah. Yeah, what I what the way what I said to myself to to relieve myself was that it was actually Plastic Man um, <laughs> pretending to be Batman. There you go, there you go, awesome. That a quick fix for all you out there if that bothered you. It's just Plastic Man. Don't it's worry about Plastic it. It's just Plastic Man <laughs> or Clayface. Yeah, Clayface. There you go, him too. All right, everybody. That was the end of Death Metal, and man, what a ride! But now it's time to take a look into the future, and we're going to start that by getting a look at the giant-sized issue of Generations Shattered. Wow. Giant. It was a big I'm one. Understatement. It was a big one. Priced at nine ninety nine and written by more people than you can shake a stick at. Dan Jurgens, Andy Schmidt, and Robert Venditti all teamed up on this one. The art list is phenomenal as well. Ivan Reyes, Joe Prado, Scott Hanna, Fernando Passerin, Eau Claire Albert, Aaron Lepresti, Matt Ryan, Emanuela Lapicino, Wade Von Grawbadger, Bernard Chang, Yannette, Yannick Paquette, Kevin Nolan, Dan Jurgens, Klaus Jansen, Paul Pelletier, Sandra Hope, John Romita Jr., Danny Miki, Doug Braithwaite, Rags Morales, and Mike Perkins. Only one of those is crap. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> the colors were done by Hi-Fi with letters by Tom Napolitano, and the cover brought to us by Ivan Reyes, Joe Prado, and Hi-Fi. So picking up after the events of both Death Metal and Detective Comics 1027, Generations Shattered is an oversized beginning bookend to the future state storyline. Though it seems like it might not be really connected to those stories at all. Instead, it continues the story started in Detective. I would approach this as a standalone event that will not really have repercussions in the larger universe, at least not any way that I can see. The story starts with the beginning of this story, as confusing as that sounds, the glimpse of this that we got in Detective Comics actually occurs much later. Here, Commandi is running from the goneness, which is what he calls the time stream essentially eating itself. This is occurring everywhere and every when. Old Man Booster Gold saves Commandi and then recruits him to b- into building a team to save everything, right before having to sacrifice himself to save Commandi again. Skeets, now a glove, but still the same old Skeets, transfers to Commandi, and he's whisked across time to begin assembling the team that Old Man Booster had in mind. As one might expect, things don't go as expected, and he's not able to grab everyone that he's supposed to. The quickly approaching end of everything forces Commandi to make some last-second decisions, some of which were kind of ill-informed. In every time that he visits, the world is about to end, and he gathers who he can while he can from where he can, visiting the 853rd, 64th, 31st, and 25th centuries, as well as a couple hundred other places and times, Commandi was supposed to assemble an army. Instead, he's got himself and seven others, Steel, Superboy, Booster Gold, Starfire, Batman, Dr. Light, Green Lantern, Sinestro. That's the team, all from varying timelines ranging from the 1940s to the far distant future. The big bad here is a no-necked, as in his head literally floats on his shoulders, guy by the name of Dominus, and apparently time and reality are his domain. He has taken control of the Linear Men, 
And in this instance, that consists of Ultra Humanite, Artemis, Matthew Ryder, Lyra Lee, Rack the Ravager, Olmec, Knockout, Nemesis Kid, Major Force, and the Eradicator, also from various points of time. The heroes, though barely, seem to get an edge up against the baddies here, and as a result, Dominus sends all eight members of Commandi's team scattered across time into places they are far from familiar with. The issue ends with Dominus doing a wardrobe change from super space-time villain to normal dude. Apparently, once he loses the black cape, he gets his neck back too. That's <laughs> weird. Dominus has a wife and two children, and they seem to be a pretty happy family. This story is concluded in Generations 4, which will be released at the end of the future state event in two months. So the story here is pretty interesting so far, but with the conclusion coming two months later, be prepared to have to reread this one for the final chapter, and it was quite a hefty read. I like the inclusion of the different characters from different times because they are being written extremely specific to their eras, not just their characters, and how they would speak and act like they did in the times that they were written. The art, though there are some misses, <coughs> jar jar, <coughs> is done very well and really pulls you into the page. The varied team here really puts the work in. I had an awesome time with it. It's a fun read, but it is essentially non-essential. Even that, I'm giving this one a 7 out of 10. Where were you guys with this one? Well, I cannot wait to talk about Future State because... Uh... Both books I enjoyed. Unfortunately, this one, not so much. Um, oh, no? I liked it. I just w wish that they shone down on us recruiting the characters a bit. Because I felt as if that took about at least half the issue itself. And this is a 79-page issue or so. Um, so that's a hefty read. And it's just... I feel if they just did about a couple pages for the recruitment drive and got straight to like the story, followed by the action, worked a little bit um better. I felt some of it was just an unnecessary dialogue. The art was pretty cool. I love to see all the different designs of the characters from all the throughout like history and whatnot. But uh, I wish they did more with the the, the team as well. Like, I love seeing some of the teams and interact. Like how um, when Booster tries to make move on Starfire, and then we we just like see how they are. Like that would be a yeah. I mean, that's not Starfire from today. Yeah, no, but like that's but, still... but that's Starfire from 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 Marvel yeah. Wolfman for sure. And dude, it's just I I love yeah. it. I love it. It's great. I think it's really totally cool. Smash. Totally smash. What did you give it, Anthony? Uh, six out of ten. Six out of ten. Where were you at with Reed? Um, honestly, not much better. I agree. Like all of the art styles, all of like the the mixed up styles is cool. I, I think this is just like they wanted to do a Spider Verse and then just threw a, like a. I agree with Anthony. There's too much. Um, I I think you could have got done in the intros, maybe just like one page and then it get grabbed. Some of them, some of them go longer than others for reasons I don't really understand. I, I think the do, the the new guy is cool. He, that this villain, this Dominus or whatever, he's a, he's mm -hmm. a cool villain. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm I'm kind of interested in him, but yeah, it's just a little bit too much. I think forty issues or forty pages would have got this one done just fine. The um, disappearing net. 
Yeah, for that his neck wasn't his no neckness was not enough to carry this one for me. It's all, I'm only coming in at six point five. See, I kind of wish that uh, like all the recruitment drive was basically like, we got that spread out through some of the issues as a back issues and like in the past couple of weeks build up to yeah, this. That probably would have been a better idea. They could have they could have made the story stretch longer, maybe even over the course of two months. You know what else is going to take two months? Future state. <laughs> well, the caption at the beginning of every future state story reads just like this, so that's exactly how we're going to start this out. The multiverse has been saved from the brink of destruction. With victory comes new possibilities, as the triumph of our heroes shakes loose the very fabric of time and space. From the ashes of death metal comes life from the multiverse and a glimpse into the unwritten worlds of tomorrow. <laughs> we are going to kick it off with the one that uh, the hands chose for us. They said that Wonder Woman is the perfect hero, so let's go ahead and give her the spotlight in the number one position here. But it's not the Wonder Woman we think it is. Future State Wonder Woman number one, priced at $3.99, written by Joelle Jones with art by Jordi Blair, letters by Clayton Cowles, and the cover done by Jones and Belair. Alright, so we have Hercules issue one. And yes, this <laughs> is just like Disney's Hercules. Because I'm going to tell you just why. Just so you guys are aware, he's talking about Disney's Hercules. Mm-hmm. He's not making a comment on anything else. No, no, not the one with Dwayne the Rock Johnson in it. If so, it's a strange book then. Um, so a brand new Wonder Woman starts off with her hunting. And we do see a panel that looks just like sort of a scene that we saw in Hercules as well. Now this book splits into two parts. First part, we have her, we have so much of a Hercules vibe with how she's battling this Hydra. Which in my opinion, it took a, it was a bit too long. It's about half the issue. Um... We didn't get much action. Like, we, we got, like, almost the same exact panels. Like, we didn't get much of her just fighting it quite a bit. Didn't seem, if it, from what we saw, that battle should have been done a lot faster. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you that. It seemed like that was stretched out just a little mm-hmm. bit. But... We also don't even get much information on our new Wonder Woman. We know that her name is Yoa Flora, which we knew that a while ago. But then we also get... um. We also get introduced to this new character who, it's not he, it's not her, it's more of a it. It's called a, and I'm going to butcher this name, so I, sorry, um, two people in Brazil, because it's a Brazil, it's a Brazilian um, creature, a entity, called Kayapora. I don't really know much about it. It's pretty cool. And unfortunately, it wasn't even in the issue itself. I actually found that out on Twitter um, by someone who read the issue, and we were discussing about it. Um, the Twitter handle is called the Diana um, Turvers. But the dialogue we do see between what I'm assuming is a front of me of this entity and your for was it was enjoyable. It was a great read to just read through. I can't wait to know more about them. But yet the ending. It felt a little bit flat. Because they go on a mission to... Which, again, feels more like Hercules as well. They go on a mission to find... To, to like, go to Hades. So, like, as much mm-hmm. as I do enjoy the artwork... 
I am giving this, as I gave the other books, not so much a high score. This one, it's a 6.5, but it's a positive 6.5 because I just want to know, I just want more from what we got. I in, I enjoy the book. I just want more. I want to know more about your, especially how, I thought this was a four-issue okay. mini. Oh, no, no, no. I was wrong. It's not. <laughs> so I want more about her. I want to know more about this entity and about the mission. <sighs> Can't go any higher than that. What about you guys? All right. Where are you at, Reed? I love this. I was I, I love this. This is great. Um, I I think you you are right on the nose. I think this is they're they're riffing on you know the labors you know the famous labors of Hercules you know the Hydra you know and that kind of stuff. So I think that's what kind of where they're going because we learned that this is the daughter of Zeus and another lightning god or thunder god from you know Brazil or South America. Right. I, I haven't looked into it yet because I'm hoping to kind of explore that. I don't want to. Um, you don't want to ruin the surprise. I don't want to spoil myself on any <laughs> South American mythology. I want it to happen naturally in the story. Hell yeah! Um, <laughs> and I think it, it's a cool. Um, she's got uh, a, a bolo of truth. Yes, which I think is fun. Absolutely. Um, I really liked her interaction with <laughs> the um, the curapura or whatever it is. The the little creature who rides a a, a little boar mm -hmm. that is. I I'm also. Um, I think things pretty fun. It's neat design. She argues with some denizens of the underworld, uh, and it's like a I don't know. It, it's a lot of fun. There's lots of interesting ideas going around, and I I do I, like like Anthony said. This is this is not a restrained Wonder Woman. This is a raw you know kind of Hercules in training Wonder Woman. She's brash. She wants to get into fights, and it's going to get her into trouble. And I'm interested to see how she gets out of it. Uh, I'm giving this one. This is guys. This is a nine out of ten for me. I love it. I uh, I'm in the same boat with you, Reed. Uh, I didn't give it a nine out of ten, but um, I was pretty darn high. This art is it's phenomenal. The art is phenomenal, is good. and I love this. I love this version of Wonder Woman. Um, she looks like a real person, so you don't have this predetermined statuesque picture of of Diana Prince in your mind. Um, she, she looks like anybody, you know, and she's flawed. She jumps into action, but it's because she's needed. It's not because she wants to be a hero and she's just out there trying to do the best that she can. Dude, her costume. So she did try to, her, she did rob that guy with his soul money, but I mean, you know, whatever. That's true. Potato, potato. Compared to, compared to 84 Wonder Woman, that's fine. Hey, she's flawed. <laughs> You know, she's doing the best she can. <laughs> yeah, she's 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 in training. I love it. And uh sorry. No, you're fine. Um not only does she have that wicked cool bolo of truth, but um she also has a wicked cool outfit and a wicked cool sword. Um so she's she's fully fledged out um as Wonder Woman and I really dig that. Um I thought the uneasy relationship with her sidekick, uh the Pegasus named Jerry, was freaking hilarious. <laughs> I Oh, God, it was just absolutely funny as hell. And can I just say that as far as Pegasuses go, Jerry has got to be the coolest-looking drawn Pegasus I've ever seen in a comic book. That black and white together, that looked, hmm? that looked great. Oh, yeah. But with all these changes, it still felt like a Wonder Woman story, and I am digging that. It's a new direction, and I think it's a good one. Yeah. I give it an 8.5 out of 10. 
And and speaking of new directions, it looks like we get a new direction for Harley to head in, in our very next review. Harley Quinn, number one, priced at $3.99. Written by Stephanie Phillips, with art by Simone DeMeo and Tamara Bonvillain. Letters by A Larger World Studios' Troy Petiri, and the cover by Derek Chu. So we are in Magistrate land now, guys. The Magistrate is ruling Gotham, and currently they're up against Harley Quinn. It's over pretty quickly, though, and they take her down so that we can get to the meat of this story. We're repeatedly told how spectacularly unspecial Harley is through dialogue from Dr. Jonathan Crane, one former scarecrow, now in charge of rehabilitation for the magistrate. Crane offers Harley the chance to prove that she could be useful by helping them take down criminals that they have so far evaded capture and continue to cause problems for the magistrate. So first up is Professor Pig, in which she makes an arrangement to have her restraints removed if she helps. Both party keep their promises there. Next on the chart is Firefly, who Harley also helps to bag. This earns her release, but under the condition that she continues to work for the magistrate, capturing bad guys, and next up is Black Mask. This story is going to be one about who and what Harley Quinn is in this future state world. Will she continue to be a pawn for the magistrate, or will she be the Harley we all know and find a way out from underneath their thumb? I think we all know the answer to that one, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out. The potential for this to be a really good Harley story is just about equal, though, to the possibility that this comes off as a really generic, really generic story at this point. Um, The only way to find out, though, is to keep reading. The art, however, throughout this entire issue is awesome. It's It's very reminiscent of another title that I read regularly, Far Sector, but it's not the same artist. I really enjoy it. There were a few times that I felt like the action panels were too zoomed in to really get a feel for what was going on. Um, But overall, I thought it looked amazing, man. I give this one a 7 out of 10. Um, Oh, sure. Um, Yeah, I thought it was was cool. I thought it was very interesting. Didn't look much like a comic, like you said. The the art style is certainly unique. I, I didn't hate it, but there were some moments where... It was more of just some stylistic things going on, and there'd be like a shoulder and an arm in there. Yeah. Um. I I like this. It kind of it kind of got a little bogged down in the in the firebug section. Um. But overall, I'm interested in this Harley. I'm interested to seeing her in a magistrate world, uh, and hopefully now that she's out from underneath the thumb, it was we saw a different side of Harley. I think uh, a more analytical side. Right. Uh, now that she's kind of slipped her bonds, I'm interested to see where that takes her. Um, overall though, I, yeah, I don't know. I think a seven is about right. I think I'm going to have a seven. The art is 10 out of 10, but yeah. just there's something. Well, no, it I wasn't, mean, I'm with you. Like the odd stylistic, something. the odd stylistic choices of zooming in on a shoulder or whatever, just that kind of ruined those panels for me. But the art style itself is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I'd like to see some more of it. And I hope this doesn't just. Knowing now that these are short runs, that it kind of explains that. But I always hate to see the the first couple issues look like out of this world crazy, and then the rest are somebody just scribbled in like Microsoft Paint. <laughs> right, Anthony. What but did these you? These are think? short ones, so I guess that kind of changes that uh-huh. chemistry. Wow, it seems like I'm gonna be Mr. Positive on this issue. Um, 
<laughs> I enjoyed this. The only the only thing I didn't like was like I love I love the art. the art was beautifully done. For example, I'm looking at page twenty one with black mask and and one of um panels. It looks oh, just black like yeah, it looks just like a like a TV um or like ans- or animation or something. It was amazing how it was done. Just one thing I didn't like is when we saw some of the action, it was felt a little bit like confusing to go from like panel to panel. I feel they didn't like flow per se. Like, I wish they did a better job at just um like setting up the action better in a fight scene or just with all the panel display. Because I when I read a comic with the action, I like to also like look at from panel to panel, see how would it go in my head and whatnot. But again, like I love this story that taken with with Holly. It's um easily gonna get this a eight point seven five. I love it. I, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I think that this is uh, another one that's kind of down to taste. It's very functional, but yeah, you're right. There's no, you don't get a lot of um sense of space, especially mm-hmm. in the action scenes. There's things happening, but like where is it happening? Who is it happening yeah. to? It's all a little all jumbled. Say. Quick cuts. Well, I feel like there's a lot of possibility here, but they're going to have to be very, very good to make it a standout story and not just something that we've all read a hundred times before. The chips are down on Harley and she manages to win. Um, Sounds like a good time. I think I think as far as standout stories go, though, I think we've got another one coming up here in Interstate Swamp Thing. Priced at three ninety nine, written by Ram V with art by Mike Perkins and June Chung, and they also did that cover. Letters by Aditya Bidikar. Reed, you want to walk us through the Swamp Thing? Absolutely. Uh, Future State has arrived in myriad forms and multiverses. This particular incarnation arrives with a lush and lonely life after people. Uh, some great. Uh, catastrophe has taken place a long time back as all traces of civilization are being reabsorbed back into nature. We first glimpse Swamp Thing atop an overgrown Statue of Liberty, telling tales of the world that was to a young uh, plantling girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems that nature finally struck back at humanity after years of abuse, and Swamp Thing has not been able to locate any trace of mankind since. His loneliness, or perhaps at the direction of his remembered ego, Swamp Thing creates a race of humanoids to keep him company while he searches the world humans. Uh, After a violent encounter, one is found far to the north and confirms Swamp Thing's hopes and possible fears. Humans do still exist far away at the top of the world, and they're being led by the undying man. Uh, this book was a visual treat from start to finish. The overgrown cities, the design of these new characters, the the weird little plant anatomy sketches where Swamp Thing was telling how he grew his organs. They're all top-notch, and they set the tone perfectly. There's mysteries abound in this new Swamp Thing world. Mm. Mysteries abound in this new world Swamp Thing created, and I cannot wait to dive in and explore. I'm giving this one an 8.5 out of 10. First time I read it, wasn't driving with it, but then when I saw all these other positive reviews online, I'm like, you know, I'm going to give it one more try. So, after a second try, I enjoyed it a bit more. Um, I enjoyed the art. The story was cool to see, but how, for example, the Wonder Woman, it felt like I want to know more, like, I want more, know more about this. 
like the one the Wonder Woman one. I like I I wish it was a legit full issue many. This one I'm like I don't see this one lasting that much longer, which makes sense because it's a two issues I believe two issues. Yes, this and, is two issues. Yes, yeah, two which is like makes sense. Um, the dialogue is very good. Uh, is as quite a bit, but it's flows very nicely um it doesn't feel like it is very long issue it's only 23 pages, no it, but it flows very not nicely um it has yeah, it action which is quick. great gotta give this one a 7.5 out of 10 uh, i guys i liked it um the the art is easily the best of future states uh the story i think is equally as impressive overlord swamp thing um father green is his kiddies column uh he just he looks cool um it's real deal swamp thing it's ram v writing swamp thing so it's the way that i um i love the bunch of swamp kids even though indigo seems pretty damn uh (laughs) but everybody else is cool and 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 even indigo's design is awesome yeah, well, you gotta have one. You gotta have one dissenting voice. I bet you Swamp Thing made it. He probably just made a stinker. He's like, everybody here agrees with me and loves me. I gotta have one stinker. He grew, to, he grew a tuber and it turned bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I mean, he's Overlord Swamp Thing, which is kind of what he seems like. Uh, he he seems a little conflicted. I'm digging that. I hope we get some more um thing stories, man. Oh. Uh, I really like this. It was awesome. I'm giving this an eight point five out of ten. I think we'll get some more of that personal struggle in the next one because I'm getting – they kind of hint at it's uh, not really hinting. They're really kind of saying that like Swamp Thing definitely destroyed like humanity, yeah. like, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm feeling – I think he, got, he went, got real big and godzilla the whole – all everything. Yeah, he was like, enough. Uh, I'm, I'm imagining that's where the source of his conflict comes from. So, guys, yeah. that one was pretty impressive. Can we say the same about the next story? Next up is Flash number one, priced at three ninety nine. Written by Brandon Vietti, art by Dale Eaglesham and Michael Atea, with letters by Steve Wands, and the cover done by Brandon Peterson. Anthony takes care of the flat. Now, all throughout DC Rebirth, people are like DC, you've been screwing over Wally West. Why? So like, what? Killing his kids, killing the wife. Make him a killer. Ooh, screw him over. But we just got justice for him in the uh, latest of that. So let's see if they can make him any better now. Which not so much. <laughs> now all yeah, I should no, begin. Not really. Now all I should begin with right off in the action. And at first, unlike how the Wonder Woman issue, I didn't feel a bit lost per se. Like I want more, no more. This one, I'm like. The issue gave me the answers I want via White, which I enjoyed. Because that, when we saw White with the action, we see our speedsters, which we have The Flash, we have Avery, um, Max Mercury, and Jay Garrick. Now, as you as we're noticing, they're all using um, weapons, which we're trying to figure out why. Why they're not using the speed? Again, thankfully... Later on, we find out why, and we get a jaw-dropping moment. At first, I was curious about what exactly is going on, but thankfully, we do get a bit of the backstory of the chaos. And before you know it, we have another jaw, another jaw-dropping moment. So that's two right away. First one is we see the death of Bart Allen. 
Now, I do enjoy Impulse. I love him. So seeing him being killed off so soon, I was like, wow, they are really starting off strong. Strong. Ooh, that pissed me off. <laughs> and then we see another death takes place in the past. Now, we have been seeing a lot of speechless. Who have we not been seeing? We've not been seeing Wally Wallace West. I do enjoy how in that panel we do also see we see the backstory of Wally West. Um, we see him getting his powers, training with Flash, taking it down Captain Cold, and then we see him snapping the neck of um, Wallace. I, but I did enjoy how in the behind we did see Red Arrow try and kill him. So that that yeah, so that that's messed nice. up, man. I mean, do we have to? There's so many villains out there. And so many comic fans have said, guys, enough picking on Wally. And who do they? I think they did it just to make people mad. <laughs> I'm surprised, especially after the backlash they got for Heroes in Crisis. I was surprised exactly. with this route. Yeah, it wasn't the writer. It wasn't just the writer. It was the whole mm -hmm. damn story. And... Barry, who is trying to save Wally, he's just talking on the phone with, with Iris, who suddenly, and in my opinion, was very forcefully figure out what is going on. And we do get a plan on how to help Wally, but unfortunately, um, which, unf which unfortunately, things go a little bit sideways as well, and like they say, things come in three. So what happens next? Another jaw-dropping moment as we see another death. But thankfully... They got rescued just in the nick of time by Iris, which, again, it felt a little bit forced because Barry was on his, went on his bike and the talking just stopped. And she's like, oh, wait, he's going over, he's going over to visit Avery. That's where they might be. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Let's go with that. So I got to give sure. this one on the site. I gave it a 7.0, but however, I'm going with a 7.5. After reviewing this tonight, I did enjoy the artwork. Um, the art was very good, and I, it got me hooked in with all these jaw-dropping moments. The death of Bob, the death of Wallace, the death of Jay Garrick. I want to know more about, as yes, it did have some quite a bit of force moments, but I cannot wait to see what Barry can do without his speed, because I did enjoy the action scene in the beginning. I love seeing Barry like, not use his speed for once, using just his brains and other objects. 7.5 out of 10. Where were you at with the read? Guys, I didn't, this is, I, I, it's not great. It's not great. I, I saw that opening scene with all, like, there was all, there was like a hundred speed guys and they all had, like, gizmos and whatnot, and I just was like, oh, I cannot with all this fucking shit. I, uh, there's, like, lots of stuff going on. I'm not the biggest Flash guy, so this I, this might be apocryphal baloney coming out of my mouth, but I don't know. I was, like, real, real kind of bored. I mean, I don't know hardly anything about, like, Flash and, like, all, <laughs> like, the you know, the backstory and all the different Flash guys. So, like, right. this one's certainly, like, not mm -hmm. for me, but even when we got to that Wally stuff again, I was like, oh, come on, guys. Come on, I don't know anything about Flash except this. I've seen <laughs> right. it again. This is Future State, and you want to do this again? Um, I don't know. The whole thing just really felt really flat. I did love seeing your boy on a scooter, so <laughs> that raises this up for me a little bit, and it's going to get it to a 
that that that's a whole half point seeing him on a scooter. This is only a six out of ten for me. Okay, guys, I'm more along the lines of Reed on this one. The art is a little more Saturday morning cartoony that I would like. Um, it's good for what it is, but the one thing that I've always loved out of the last few years out of the Flash comics is the art, and we just did not get that kind of quality here. Um. I thought it was cool seeing Team Flash use the weapons of the rogues to make up for their lack of speed powers, Mm -hmm. but the rest of it is where everything fell apart for me, as making bad decisions, making sakes, and with Bart, Wallace, and Jay dying, and Wally being cast as the bad guy once again, this just felt like a normal Flash issue set in the future. This felt like the same shit that I've been reading for the last two, three years all just recycled with the same tropes that we see from Flash all the time. I was disappointed. I was disappointed at the villain choice. I was disappointed at the pointed at the deaths of such primary characters so early. I gave this a 5 out of 10. And as far as I can see, uh, that one didn't have a whole lot of new story elements for the Flash at all. But uh, if we move over to the next review, we're going to be given a whole great big bunch of news. And we will get to that right after these messages. And we're back. Future State Superman of Metropolis number one. Priced at $5.99. With the cover by John Timms and Gabe Altev. The story and the art are done by various talents, so we will list the jewelry. Future State Superman of Metropolis number one of two consists of three stories with both releases. This week includes part one of Superman of Metropolis. Part one of the Metropolis Menagerie, featuring Mr. Miracle Shiloh Norman and part one of The Guardian. Reed, you want to take us through Superman of Metropolis? Absolutely. Okay, so, Superman of Metropolis. We got John Kent. He is the newly appointed Superman, and that kind of comes up. He's recently taken on the mantle of Superman. Um, There's a big, bad situation going on. We've got a bunch of cybernetically jacked-up citizens fighting the army with a creature called brain cells who has kind of hacked the system and is controlling them. Um, it is a multi-mouth version of some cells that were left over from a brainiac and they turned it into a weird sphere who was, who was controlling all of these people that had these upgrades. So in order to stop the problem, he can't, he, he tries to take brain cells away, but only ends up, realizing that he has to take drastic measures so john calls on kellex to shrink the city of metropolis and put it in a bottle and he takes both that and brain cells to the fortress of solitude um now wow gets wind of this and goes to goes to metropolis and sees a big old hole in the ground and knows like okay well okay and she flies to the fortress of solitude to confront superman about this and something there's some sort of rays that brain cells is producing that makes her hyper violent. Uh, then the army shows up. There's a huge standoff, and then brain cells makes off with the metropolis in a bottle and a uh, into a giant ship. Uh, and um, yeah, the people in metropolis are pretty. They're kind of screwed. Fun times. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I don't know, like sitting in a bottle. So yeah, there we go. That, that'll solve everything. Not exactly what his dad would have done. Uh, you make mistakes when you're young. It's a bold new vision, taking a new direction. It sure is. 
It was working fine until someone stole it, which is easy to do because it was very small. <laughs> you can say that again. The next story in this issue is The Metropolis Menagerie, written by Brandon Easton with art by Valentin Delandro and Marissa Louis Sharp. This story made me feel like I was back reading the old Mr. Miracle comics again from way in the day. The type of dialogue and the art used in this story made me feel nostalgic enough to go back and reread. Uh, that's the real feel that you get with a story here. The incidents in the story are super generic. It doesn't detract from the enjoyment of the quick read you get from this, though. Uh, Mr. Miracle, a hero who does not engage the press because he doesn't trust them to not twist things for sensationalism, is battling your normal comic book robots. The gist here is that he's been going for quite some time now, and the mother box that powers his suit is running on the lowest levels possible. In fact, the story ends with Mr. Miracle, the world's greatest escape artist, on the losing side of a battle against those robots. I guess we're going to have to wait and see what happens next. There wasn't much to it, but it was a fun read, guys. I thought so. And then we've got The Guardian. Written by Sean Lewis, with art by Cody Hammer on pages 1 through 7, and Michael Avon Oming on pages 8 through 12 with those colors. Letters were done by And World Design. Anthony, what happened in The Guardian? Now, as we found out earlier in this issue, that now Metropolis is in a bottle, and thankfully, we learn what's happening quite in the bottle as we see The Guardian. Someone who we, know, we don't really, we have not seen in a long time in comics as a whole. Last time we saw that was actually on Supergirl TV show. There's nothing like this Guardian. We also see Jimmy Olsen, which I'm kind of glad we do. And he's not written by Bendis, which is such a relief. He actually was actually pretty good to actually enjoy and to read. <laughs> yeah. And I would just, you see people going crazy. They want to get out. They want to get out. They want to break the glass. And as the Guardian tries to team up with Jimmy Olsen to find out what is happening... Now, this book, unfortunately, in my opinion, I wish it was a little bit more of a pages because just like Miss Miracle, we didn't. These were teases, in my opinion, which he just driving trying to figure out. Backstories, you mean? What, what between like? Mr. Miracle and the Guardian, you mean the the backstories were like teasers? Exactly, because like we don't get much in this issue at all. We, in my opinion, we get a little bit less in Mr. Miracle back issue. Um. Which, these are like teases, and unfortunately, we don't get much of them in Future Stay as a whole. A bit of a disappointment. The art was enjoyable, but, well, actually, as, going, as I'm going through it right now, it's okay. The art is okay. Um, it's fine. It's fine. But the story, I want I want to know more. Like, it started, in my, it started out so well. Um, which is the whole diner scene, and that's just when the book just lost my my. Interests. I'm like, because nothing much happens. All right, so let's talk about this in reverse order, guys. Altogether, just the backup issues: the Metropolis Menagerie and the Guardian. How did you guys? What did you guys think of those? I mean, were they even worth the read? No. You don't think so? What did you think, dude? Um, all three of them. Just, just um, the backup issues: the 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 Mister Miracle and the Guardian. Yeah, no, I I think the Guardian may be a little bit more than Mister Miracle, because um, Mister, I mean he, he 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 dropped in for a little bit, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, the, ah, 
it's just seemed like tacked on filler stuff. I don't know, like serve much. It gave a little bit of eye inside the city, but mm-hmm. nah, yeah. All right, what did you guys think of Superman? Quite in- enjoyable. Like, I am surprised that because um they call call Supergirl. I'm surprised that they didn't call Superwoman, especially how her own book she's going to be called Superwoman. We don't know at what point that that happens at a different period in time. Oh yeah, actually, that's, yeah. But yeah. the way that she looks like though, too, she does mm-hmm. look pretty. They, cool. they updated her 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 new redesign, um, Superman's redesign, and Brain Cells design. I think are all top notch. I really love the yes. look <laughs> of this book for sure. It's great, guys. Altogether, I've been a fan of the Guardian and Newsboys story in the Death of Superman arc, but way back when I was a little kid, and to mm-hmm. see them here and done right i thought that was a pretty cool treat the mr miracle story could really be left behind so far but let's see where that one goes i mean i'm i got a lot of nostalgic vibes but that should not carry weight and as a reviewer i'm not going to let it so let's see where it goes um the superman of metropolis story though um that's really interesting i had so much fun with that uh the really interesting and the just how very different john is from his dad cool and with uh with supergirl under the influence of brain so this is gonna go my only problem is is that i'm a little worried about them sticking a landing here because they've only got one more issue to go it just doesn't seem like there's enough left Mm -hmm. to call the conclusion you know something with meat on its books the art in superman was fantastic and uh, the metropolis menagerie again nostalgia all over the place and while the first half of the art was better in the Guardian story overall, the entire issue I thought was pretty nice to look at. Uh, Mr. Miracle's generic feel aside, the stories were pretty engaging as well, and I had fun with it. I gave it a 7 overall. What were your guys' final scores? I think 7 out of 10 as well. Um, I enjoyed the main story. Um, the one that I didn't like about the main story was at times I couldn't tell who was a heel, who was a face, because I feel as if they I could go either way, honestly, with either one of them. Um, the art was enjoyable. The first backstory with Mr. Miracle, I felt as if we got we should got a little bit more because mm, it didn't do the trick. I feel like this, this last backstory again, same thing. I want a little bit more. It didn't quite do the trick. It's injustice how this one only got um, is is only a four three issue while. The next issue we're talking about got like a 64-page issue. I gotta give this a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'm kind of right there. I'm right in that 7 zone, I think, too. Maybe like a 6.75, mm-hmm. just because, yeah, there's other two stories, like the Mr. Miracle story. Like, okay, I get that we're playing up like the mother box and the suits out of power. Pretty cool. All right, but like, what is, for what? I, I um... I, I love the des- I loved all the design on the first one. I liked I kind of like the idea. I'm interested to see where it's going. Uh and but I I cert- my favorite part was certainly the designs. Um so yeah, I'm going to give this a 6.75. So we've got a whole new look to the Superman so to speak. We definitely have a new Superman who does things completely we all know. Continuing with the change in mythos, we move on to the last issue this week and see how that fares. And that brings us to Peter State, the next Batman. Yeah. Priced at seven ninety nine, with the cover done by Ladrone, 
Story and art is presented by various talents, and we will list those individually. Future state, the next Batman number one of four consists of the main story and two additional backup stories in each issue. This week, we're going to get the first chapters of the next Batman, Outsiders, and Arkham Knights. We're going to start it right off with the next Batman, written by John Ridley, with art by Nick Darrington and Tamara Bonvillain, and letters by Clayton Cowles. So, hmm, who is the next Batman? Initial rumors said that it would be Luke Fox, and then another one worked its way around that said it would be his estranged brother Tim. We're not given an unmasking, just potential, possibly obvious clues. The narration boxes in the story are all from Batman, and they do loosely, very loosely, relate to a conversation that Luke has with his mom. Additionally, the narration boxes follow from the appearance of Batman to when Luke is in the hospital visiting his sister, so it's probably safe to say that it's Luke, but that's still not 100% at this point. The story is basically focusing on the next Batman finding his ground and reassure that he is truly Batman now. We see him putting himself in between the peacekeepers, the law enforcement branch of the magistrate, and two kids that got wrapped up in a street gang in Little Santa Prisca, a neighborhood in Gotham under the control of some bank thugs. We also get a peek at what's going on with some of the members of the Fox family and what their individual reaction to the events going on around them, and those are quite different from each other. Tim is still very much estranged, and he's all but chased out of the hospital when he's visiting his sister right uh, there when Luke shows up. And it's worth noting that the Batman narration boxes stop when the two brothers meet and do not pick up again until we see Batman again in costume. Next up, we've got Outsiders, written by Brandon Easton, with art by Sumit Kumar, Raul Fernandez, and Jordi Belair. Letters by Steve Wands, and he is going to walk us through the Outsiders. Now, in this issue, we saw with, content, with Cantana, and we didn't even need to know who it was from the name tag, because we could tell right away from the costume, but thankfully, the second name we got was Signal. I was so hyped to see that one. And Signal is driving. That was cool. That was cool. Oh, what did you say? I said that was pretty cool. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially what he does next. As we see him driving a car with three with three people who are trying to like, leave Gotham. And, you know, he finds, like, hey, guys, come to my. It's a little bit of a safe haven. So, as. um, Do we ever get these names for these um gods? Not that I'm aware no. of. No. All right. Um. Oh, are they peacekeepers? Oh, are they peacekeepers? Yeah, well, peacekeepers. Or those the old guys with the masks. Those are the guys with the red masks, yeah. All right. Yeah, so we got these guys trying to um, chase them down. We see Katana. She is trying to show, hey, back off. She does some awesome moves, which I do. They do something different, I feel like, with the whole artwork. As she's trying to like, um, um, reflect all the bullets. Reminds us sort of, of the Wonder Woman issue of... Um, Few months ago, when she when one one is using her like arms to reflect these um bullets as well, like how you see multiple yeah, arms, but this all cool. do due to the movement. Now, of course, with this being outside it, an outsiders issue, we get more of the team per se, which I was so glad because the Batman the Outsiders was a great book that ended not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And. 
somebody who made another appearance in this book is Calibur, and he definitely is going toe-to-toe with Cantana, which she... He whoops her ass. Oh, yeah. Calibur's got some upgrades, and he just flat out sets her on her back. And and to whoop Katana's ass, you gotta be powered up, man. Now, I forgot, is he just part machinery? Or, like, what exactly was his powers from the Outsiders book? Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, he's got upgrades. He's cybernetic implants and stuff like oh, that. Oh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's just all cybernetic, right? All right. Right, yeah, he doesn't have super That's what I thought. And now... Backup, not like the next guy that shows up. Backup does arrive, and you could tell who it was per se. And at first, I thought, are they just playing with his name? Because you see lightning appear, and from from my image, I couldn't tell if that was like, oh, is this just dark blue? But no, he says it's black. It's like, oh wait, lightning. Oh, black. I'm like, wait. Okay. Black lightning. Whoa. Was it lightning? Why that? is it black? <laughs> ah. Okay, it was definitely a strange way to introduce um Jeff. And even more strange when we find out that Jeff is due to his powers is sort of cursed to be just the lightning now. Yeah, he's living black lightning now composed of nothing but electricity. Crazy. And when I when Batman did that to him. Batman opened up his potential. You guys remember that stuff. He what? He made him. He made him turn. He made his. He made Black Lightning turn his powers way up so that he could go up against Rashad Ghoul. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, "Give me more right now." Just the way that it was drawn to, a little bit mysterious, Mm -hmm. but in a great way. And this is just a great read because we even end off with a bit of a cliffhanger, which not th- not throw shade at the S- Superman books, but those issues didn't per se leave off of a great of a cliffhanger. This one did. Yeah. Next up is Arkham Knights, written by Paul Jenkins, with art by Jack Herbert and Gabe Altabe, with letters by Rob Lee. And Reed is going to finish this up. Choke up on the mic here. Yeah. All right, Arkham Knights. Uh, this okay. So there, there's kind of a lot going on in this book. Oh boy, there the sure basic, is. Basic. The basic idea is this. I'm gonna give you the elevator pitch, y'all. Okay. So what if? Uh huh. You went into Arkham Asylum and turned all those folks, gave, like powered them up, gave them suits, turned them into a wild Thunderbolts kind of Suicide Squad with. Actually, a reverse suicide squad where the healing and the therapy is part of the superheroing. It definitely Um, almost feels as that is the case. With Astrid Arkham, she shows a whole lot of respect. She addresses everybody Mm as with titles like Mister, and um, she she worries about people's mental health. I mean, it, it it does quite feel like a reverse suicide squad. I did not put that together when I was reading it, but. I'm totally seeing it now that you said it. Yeah, I mean, and every, we got a bunch of guys on board. We got Clayface. We got Humpty Dumpty. We got that guy who's made a uh, Dr. Phosphorus. We got all kind of cool guys. Mr. Zazz. Um, it's a really cool Zaz, Two-Face. They're all here, um, le- like you said, led by Astrid Arkham. Uh, and they are tracking a target through the city, and it turns out to be Killer Croc. Um, they have a, a brief engagement, and eventually Killer uh, Croc decides to join the team. 
And oh my goodness, when I found out where their base of operations was, this is just like <laughs> that's mm, oh, chef's kiss icing on the cake. Their base, they're doing a, a, a Professor X, Xavier style. X-Men bad boys living in the Wayne mansion. They're on the grounds, and I believe they kind of talk about yep. it. I, they talk about the cave network. They know about the Batcave. Yep. They're in it. Or well, with the, what's left of the Batcave, at least. The caves that the Batcave was yeah, in. Yeah, it appears um, that everything to do with Bruce Wayne slash Batman and their cross-identities is pretty open knowledge. Yeah, and it's you know what the the best thing about all of this is there are a bunch of kick ass villains and Astrid is leading them uh, to a path of redemption. They're trying to cure Doctor Phosphorus, and you can really tell that she's empathetic to these people and she wants to help these folks in a way that Arkham the Asylum has never been able to. Uh, we end the episode with them taking down a peacekeeper, and I I love these I love these boys. I the best part about the bat the Gotham uh, heroes has always been the villains, and this is really giving them a chance to shine. Um, Arkham Knights, it's great. Make give me a whole run. I couldn't agree more, guys. Why don't we go ahead and do the same thing that we did with the last one? We're gonna go at this backwards. What did you guys think about Arkham Knights? all together it was a good i thoroughly enjoyed it um so they do fully know that batman is um bruce it it sure seems like that that's public knowledge at this point he's not there in wayne manor and certainly these are far from the first people to ever go poking around in there now that nobody lives there well especially how discover the they mentioned the word cave as well so like yeah exactly so you there's no cave yeah, I'm. I'm thinking th- this team up was fantastic. It was so fun, so fun seeing all of these crazy people thrown together and and in a way that really works. Mm-hmm. Dude, I dug it, man. How about in a really positive way? In a really positive way, as long as you swear fealty to the cause of Arkham Knights. Now, do you think because they mentioned a Peacekeeper one and people people felt a bit feared? Do you think Peacekeeper 1 is going to be a new character or someone that we already know? Someone we know for so, sure. There, there, we, there's an established Peacekeeper yeah. in uh, but, DC Universe, uh, and I think that that's who that's going to end up You with. think it'd be the same one? Um, they they killed Peacekeeper 12. I think it may be, but we're in the future. It could be a totally different character. Now. That's one that's one thing, too, because we're in the future. It might be a different one. It very well could be possible, man. Uh, what did you guys think about Outsiders? Uh, that another great um issue on us. Um, this one, as a whole, the Batman issue. This one did a great job with the backups because they were ten more pages longer than the Superman, which helped to their uh-huh. advantage quite a bit. And I think ultimately they were just written better. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was more room to get some meat on their bones, but I mean, it was just these were just really good stories with really. Oh, these are some characters that I'm excited to see, uh, especially in this lineup: Black Lightning, Katana, Signal. Uh, I thought they were done in a really interesting way, and uh, yeah, this this is something I'm interested. In. I, I want to see some more outsiders. Yeah, th- these two these two backup issues, given all the B list characters in Gotham that have a chance to shine, getting their chance to shine, like the Signal, I am all about that. And uh, Batman Universe, Batman. What do you guys think about the mystery? Are you pretty sold on who it is? No. 
don't think it changes much for me. It doesn't really. I mean, it, it, it might be a mystery, but like, ultimately, it doesn't. It, as matter. long as it's one of the brothers, I mean, if it, I can't imagine that it's not one of the brothers, and if it is one of not one of the brothers, that's like just wild deception. Wild. Uh, overall, I'm interested to, to see where it, it's going, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I liked. Here's what I'll say about this. I liked, you know, the Batman. He's got. Guys, he's got mask. Yes, <laughs> so that's a plus for I me. I knew that was going to be. Uh, something. You know how I do. <laughs> but I also like all of the different goons in Gotham now. In this magistrate Gotham, where wearing a mask is uh, punishable by death on sight. You'll be shot on sight wearing a mask. Immediately. And all of like the ba- the the Bainitos, and we see another kind of mask goon, and then we see the Black Mask gang later, all wearing these masks. Um, and I'm really intrigued by that. It definitely builds off of everything that we've been seeing in the Batman universe from current continuity. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. you're right, man. It, it's it's great. All three stories this week, the next Batman, Outsiders, and Arkham Knights were enjoyable. Super fun to read. Uh, the intrigue from the next Batman has me waiting impatiently for the next issue. Outsiders and Arkham Knights carry such weight with the I feel like those ones are on equal ground with the titular art. I love Astrid Arkham. Agreed. And I love the way she handles her team conversations between Katana and her husband trapped inside the Soul Sword. Those were great. Um, it was yeah. just a whole lot of sarcasm between the two of them, and it was awesome. Uh, the art featured everywhere is really super distinct from each other, but they're very well suited to the story told. Um, the next Batman felt like a modern kind of pulpy noir look. Outsiders was... Faded and washed out, kind of felt like a 90s, mid-90s comic. Um, and Arkham Knights is like everything you could ever ask for from a modern book. It's so gorgeous, Clayface man. is so cool. He was, he really is. And there's a few other characters that we didn't get to get introduced to, part of the team as well. Overall, this book really hit it, man, and I'm having so much fun. I give I gave this an 8.10 uh, on, on the site, but I'm, I'm bumping that up to an 8.5. How about you guys? <laughs> I'll go. I'll stick with your original score. I'll give it an eight out of ten. I think I'm going to go with eight nine point oh out of ten. All three stories really? I enjoyed. I'm still wondering which of the foxes is it because we first we said me too. Me it's too. Luke, but then when changed plans, everyone was like, "Oh no, it's Tim." Especially how we got this new introduction to Tim. It we don't know for sure, but I'm still enjoying the story. The second backup. Again, like that, I'm just so intrigued, especially how we have the signal, we have antenna, and we see black lightning as just a human lightning was amazing. And that last backup just has me like, it was just a fun read to read about. It, mm-hmm. it was like just this again, like they did the Superman book Unjustice by having. Both of these books have same backups. However, one of them is twenty is total of twenty pages longer. This is my opinion why this book is more is a little bit more superior than that book. Is because all three backups, I mean all three stories, I thoroughly enjoyed. Got yeah, nine out of ten. I can't fault you there, man. Not all, and that is going to lead us into the oh. Before I go there, I just want to point out that from day one, I've said I thought it was Tim. <laughs> so I better be right, damn it. <laughs> and that brings us to the point. Um, and that brings us to the part of the best where we pick our top three books of the week and our flash moment of the week. 
who wants to start us out this time? I'll go first this week. Um, top All right. three will be Future State, the next Batman, number one, followed by Holly Quinn. Future State, Holly Quinn. And then I was really flipping between either The Flash or Wonder Woman. I gave The Flash a higher score, however, be, I do have flaws with the Wonder Woman, but I still enjoy the book. Yes, I have more questions about it, I want to know more about it, but it was just a fun read, and I don't care about my questions. It was just a lot. I'm going with that number three. <laughs> now, my moment of the week was, without a doubt, when we saw Black Lightning. Because my jo- my jaw dropped a few times this week. It dropped a few more times than not in Flash issue. However, I was shocked during the Flash, but in the Batman, it dropped because give me more. I want no more. Amazing. And Reed? Yeah. Uh, okay, I think this is a tough one. My top three is 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 pretty crowded, so it's it's a little tough in here. They're they're all very close, but I think I'll start with number three, Future State, the next <laughs> Batman. Um, and mostly for this one, this is like this made the top three almost solely on the Arkham Knights um comic itself. Mm-hmm. That was so cool. I love a team up. I love bad guys doing good stuff. I love Thunderbolts. I love Suicide Squad. I love it all. And this seems like a, an amazing version of that. A positive version of those things. Which is something you so wouldn't expect three. to Num- see. Exactly. A new it's it's in it's a take that I cuz I thought it was going to be some sort of weird and like, you know, punishment driven weird, you know, like if you stop, I'll right. kill you. But no, it's like kind and loving, and maybe we'll maybe we'll get to the kill you stuff later. But so that's number three for me. Um, number two, I think is Swamp Thing, uh, Future State Swamp Thing one. I, I like the new direction. I like those new leaf people. That little plant girl. I, I can't remember her name. Heather. Um, no, Heather was the, the the tough girl. I don't know. It, it was cute. It's fun. I really like that Swamp Thing. He did, I guess, maybe like an apocalypse. But well, I, I won't hold that against it till we get to it. <laughs> uh, and number one for me is Future State Wonder Woman. Um, and I just loved it. I was enchanted from the very beginning. We're in a whole new like mythology and part of the globe that is never explored in comics. I mean, we're like South America, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Like, get into those legends. Get into that atmosphere. I loved it. Um, that's also going to contain, I think, my favorite panel. It, this was a close one uh, because the um, Batman, uh, the moment when Batman summons all of everyone who was killed after um, Robin King's guys kill all of his friends and all the Robin Kings that he resurrects cool, it. Um, that was a pretty cool moment, but I think uh, I'm giving it stylistically to the very first page of um, New Wonder Woman. That that moment where she's standing out on the rock. It's just like hits you over the head. This is Wonder Woman, but this is not a Wonder Woman in a way you've seen it before. So that's my moment. Right on. All right. Well, I'll give you guys mine then. Um, all three of mine, top three, all scored 8.5. So that did not make it easy figuring <laughs> it out for me. Um, I'm still having doubts now. Um, I am going to have to give number three to Wonder Woman. It's really, really hard for me to do that because I love that book so much so I feel like I'm giving a book I love the losing slot 
And uh, it, that's not the case because there were other issues that were out there. Um, number three is going to have to go to Wonder Woman. It was great. Number two is going to go to Swamp Thing. Getting into that world was just amazing, and I can't wait to read more about it. Number one is the next Batman, of course. Uh, the the mystery that goes on and the, the atmosphere of the city, everything Batman books is super interesting to me. The, the the backup issues are just as great, and you can't ask for a better book than that, especially not when you're price tag. Uh, my favorite moment is probably going to have to be, I could I could say the whole Swamp Thing world, even though that is the one, but um, that panel uh, showed the uh, biology of Swamp Thing. And, oh, and yes. like the an- anatomical view, uh, it was that was so wicked cool. So that one's gonna get my fix. And now it's time for the biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. Who wants to hand out the stink list today? I'll go first. Go ahead, my big stinker is future oh. state flash. I, I, oh, I didn't like it. I thought it was a big old stink out. <laughs> 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 what story made your stink list this week, Anthony? Without a doubt, um, Generations Shattered. You just wanted nothing to do with that one. Nah, so, oh no. Well, they, that and Flash were neck and neck. <laughs> Not quite for me. I kind of enjoyed the the certain aspects of Generations. Looks cool. But my biggest stinker is I have to be the same as Reed. The Flash, it was handled poorly. It's all the same old problems. You killed off everybody except for Max Mercury and Avery. Yeah. Um, I just, it, 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 it gave me nothing new. And this isn't just supposed to be a brand new creative in the future. This is supposed to be a wholly separated arc, man. And I just feel like I'm reading stuff. No bueno. And that's the show. As always, thanks for listening. And remember, you can feel free to reach out and contact us at any time. Visit campsite.bio forward slash not a robot to find us on your favorite podcast platform. We are everywhere. And patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcast for early and additional content for as low as a dollar a month. You've got not a robot comic quick bites, not a robot movie reviews, not a robot kids corner. There's all kinds of content out there for you and you can't get any cheaper than a dollar a month. Not a robot podcast.com will take you everywhere you need to go. What do we say when we're getting out of here, guys? Until next time. Be good to each other. And don't be a robot.